0: Hey, welcome to the second of the habits in Win the Day. We're in this series inspired by the book Mark Batterson just released this fall called Win the Day. And uh, last week we looked at what it is to flip the script, but today we're gonna look at why we should kiss the wave. I'll, I'll explain, I'll explain. Let's jump right in. There's a legend in Judaism about a man named... Nashon. He only gets one begat in the Bible, which is one more than any of us have gotten, right? He's, he's the great, great, great grandfather of King David. And he disappears almost as soon as he makes his debut here because Nashon is credited with saving the Israelites with one simple act, After their exodus from being enslaved in Egypt, the Israelites are trapped between a rock and a hard place. It's the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. And no one knows what to do. Uh, They're panicking, obviously, right? And that's when God issues a counterintuitive command. He says, Tell the people of Israel to go forward. And the problem with going forward was, there was no forward. There was the Red Sea. And they're staring at the Red Sea in the face. And according to rabbinic tradition, this is when the leader of the tribe of Judah steps up and steps into the Red Sea. Neshawn wades into the water. I don't know what you would vision that looking like. Aquaman going into the sea, you know, it's just like he's wading into the water and he gets in and he's he's neck deep, he's nose deep, and that is the moment when God shows up. This is when and how God splits the Red Sea in half. God's the one who makes the sidewalk through the sea, but Nashon made the miracle possible. By stepping out in faith. I love how the psalmist put it in Psalm 114.3. The Red Sea saw them coming and hurried out of their way. The water of the Jordan River turned away. If you need to see God make a sidewalk in the sea, you need to step off the shore. Let's give it a little more context, Stephen. Uh, you can read about it in Exodus 14, but the Israelites are are trapped between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. And I, uh, they were confused, they were panicking. And how, I just wanna, want you to envision what that moment must have felt like. I love doing it. When I'm meditating on a, a, a section of scripture, I try to imagine what it would feel like. The rumble of horses and chariots and a great army approaching while you stare at an impossible option in front of you. Just imagine the newly freed people who've already been complaining that they were removed from this place, which they had been enslaved in, but they're like, you just took us out of slavery so that we could die at the hand of the army, you know? And so they're mad about this. And I just I imagine somebody with, with water in their hand, and it's that scene from Jurassic Park where the water's shaking because this army's just... Coming upon them, a fight or flight moment of adrenaline and panic, understandably so. But this is where great leadership kicks in, and especially the leadership that we see Moses taking in the midst of this same scenario, right? In Nashon, you've got all these characters. It says in, in Exodus 14:13, Moses told the people, don't be afraid, just stand still. And watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord Himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Or, other translations would just keep your peace, right? Look at that, man. Mark Batterson writes this. He says, every circumstance from the greatest of joys to the deepest of sorrows is an opportunity to discover new dimensions of God's character. Instead of trying to change the past, which is impossible, what if we leveraged its lessons to change ourselves? Any obstacle you encounter is not the enemy. The obstacle is the way. And I can't help but just imagine Moses rising up and saying, hey, you know, we made it through all the plagues, we made it through these things. And he didn't say that out loud, but it's firing memories of God's faithfulness. And he's like, God will make a way. Our big idea today is the obstacle is not the enemy. The obstacle is the way. Mandalorian fans are like, this is the way, right? Uh, I only have one full series of of a commentary or a sermon from like an old school scholar, Charles Spurgeon. A bunch of green books that look really cool on a shelf. honestly, I've not read them all, cover to cover, but you know, as a pastor, when I was young, I was working uh, in, a, in a Christian bookstore and, and we had some water damage, and I snagged this cool looking commentary because I'd seen other pastors with them on the, their shelves and and so I've got this Spurgeon sermon series that looks really cool, and I uh love the quote that he says. And that's the inspiration for today's really action thought and today's subject. He said, I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. Rock of ages being a term for God, right? We can't despise the pain. We've got to kiss the wave right? We can't regret failures. We have to to face them. Uh, Don't live with past regrets. Pick yourself up. Dust yourself off. Reach down within your new heart that God has formed through your faith in Jesus and kiss the wave. Kiss that thing that's about to throw you into the desperate, Feet of, of God, in our desperation, really, God's standing there waiting to move on our behalf. Uh, two people can encounter the same obstacle, a difficult diagnosis, a bitter divorce, the death of a loved one, yet you come out on the other side and, and they have very, very different Results, They're very different people. One person owns his or her pain while the other person's owned by it. And one person becomes bitter while the other person becomes better. And the difference is, uh, you, it's whether you kiss, kiss the wave that throws you against the rock of ages. You've got to come to terms with the pain that made you who you are. Crazy enough, that sounds like a a few coaching points uh, that we just watched this last week from the season opener of American Idol, as people dealt with their pain, and the coaches were telling them, "No, you gotta you gotta deal with that, and actually use that in your talent." So, how do we make the obstacle the way, and how do we how do we kiss the wave? Three thoughts for you again today. Uh, The first thought is face your fear. Face that wave, right? Face the fear. Right now, we live with a fear of spreading COVID. I think I listen to people's fear and, and maybe their cynicism because of their fear or maybe actual paralysis because of their fear and all of its variants, you know, COVID is out there and none of us want to either get it and die, obviously, nor do we want to be the carrier that passes it to someone we love or care about or anybody for that matter. (laughs) I don't want to pass it to anybody. But you look at that and you go, um, if we let fear paralyze our life, we'll die not living. And yet we need to kiss the wave and use wisdom, love, and guidance and step out of the fear into living. That's just one little instance of facing the fear that all of us are dealing with right now. But according to psychologists, we're only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Every other fear has been learned, which means that every other fear can be unlearned. Faith is the process of unlearning fears. And uh, you might ask, how? Let me read you first John four eighteen. It says, such love as no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. If you fear God, it says it's the beginning of wisdom, which means you're holding God in the highest of esteem, of regard. And it means you're revering God above anything else, above any other thing in your life. If you fear God, you don't have to fear other things. The fear of God is the cure for other fear. Now you can take that to an unhealthy extreme. obviously. We're hearing a lot about vaccinations right now, right? Uh, people trying to get them, waiting in line. I saw an article, someone walked six miles in the snow in Seattle to get a vaccination that was 90 years old. I was like, way to go. That's incredible. People processing if they will or won't get it, constant conversations. Um, how do these vaccinations work? Well, you get a small little part of a virus, any vaccination, right, that is going to be put into somebody's system so that they can develop these proteins, these antibodies to fight the actual virus if it comes for them in the future. And when you pick a fear uh, and you look at fear that's out there, you build up the courage to face the fear through small doses of that fear. You literally can be vaccinated from your fear. Fear of failure is not success. It is failure in small enough doses to get back up and dust yourself off. Small doses of failure will uh, allow you to actually achieve success. We don't avoid the wave of fear. We lean into it. We kiss the wave of fear and allow ourselves small enough doses to build up immunity. Nine times out of 10, failure is a result of poorly managed success, and success is the result of well-managed failure. It's learning the lesson. It's about cultivating the character through those situations, right? And a brave question that Mark Batterson challenges us to ask ourselves in this Win the Day book is, what have you come to teach me? I mean, we look our fear right in the eyes, or we look our failure right in the eyes, or our pain right in the eyes, and we say, what have you come to teach me? We become learners, when we find ourselves in difficult situations, we get, to, we get so focused on getting out of them that we fail to get anything out of them. Then we wonder why we find ourselves in the same situation all over again. There's nothing wrong with asking God to change your circumstances, but his primary objective is to change you. I mean, take this past year, uh, open life. Families have changed churches due to, uh, or not gathering on Sundays, their weekly rhythm is off, or uh, maybe it's because we're wearing masks or in submission to authorities over us. The fact is that the mission was as disposable as a mask should should teach us something if we're just going to disregard this mission that we were on. Open Life has discovered that we put way too much emphasis on gathering people in rows when what we really need is to be in circles, growing in our relationship with Jesus and each other. And thank you to all who prayed this past week because we had a pretty amazing uh, brainstorm and seeking of God for our future. And a lot of that was facing our failure and facing it, asking the question, what have you taught us, Lord, through this season? Always feels like uh, I'm a mob boss to say, uh, you know, we're willing to kiss the wave as as a faith family. Uh, The part that sounds like a mob boss is when I say, we're all a family. Welcome to the family. You know, I can't even do it. Uh, But like, what does it mean that we're a family? Uh, The church is a family. It means we bear each other's burdens. When we're kissing the wave, you're not alone. It means we build each other's faith, that we we eat faith for breakfast and lunch and and dinner. and, And that's That's what it means to to be with someone through the valley, to dream with people. And we need to dream a bit bigger for the faith and what God wants to do in and through our lives and the church's life. You ought to think a a little longer because you're part of of a family. You're not alone. And we set God-sized goals for our future that will elevate and activate one another's faith like never before. I think that's in, in our future as we start to bear the fruit of the harvest. Moses says this to the people and I say repeat it for all of us who are facing something right now in our own lives. Don't be afraid. One translation says do not panic. And we must take that to heart when the next wave comes against us. Let's kiss the wave. That throws us really at the feet of God. Can I tell you that I've come to, to terms with something over the last uh, few months? I can say, I can't say a single thing without someone taking offense. Have you felt that way? You've, you've maybe been gun shy when you're hitting send or, you know, uh, submit. You know what I mean. It's never enough. It's always too much, or it's, it, it, uh, I post, post a prayer, or or man, I, I like somebody, or I even hit the care button for somebody, and it's like, I can't believe you cared for that, or, you know, uh, uh, uh. we can't take offense to that. I mean, everybody's being pounded wave after wave after wave, yet we can't stay silent in fear. We need to stand up, kiss the wave, and move ahead. Like I said at the beginning of 2021, man, if I'm gonna have a plaque over my year in 2021, it's gonna say, tried anyway. I'm gonna come back to trying again to love, trying again to open up the gospel to people so that they can find true life and peace of mind through a growing relationship with Jesus. All of us want a miracle, none of us want to be in a situation that necessitates it, right? But you cannot have one without the other. So you find yourself in one of those circumstances and it feels like there's no way out. It feels like there's no win ahead. Listen, I'm trusting God to put his glory on display once again in my life, in your life. Thought two, stand your ground. Okay, counterintuitive moment, you're right. And the New Living Translation says, stand still. The NIV says, stand firm. The Amplified says, take your stand. The GNT says, stand your ground. Whichever way you slice it, what would be the hardest thing to do if there's an army of horses and chariots and soldiers at your back and the Red Sea in front of you? Stand still, maybe, is the answer. Just stand there. Do nothing. And Moses, in that moment, I can't uh, fathom what was going through his mind, but I bet he had to have flashed back real quick to a meeting at a bush that looked like it was on fire. And he was throwing some excuse back at the voice coming from that bush, which was God. And God was calling him to do something that he was in the midst of doing here, leading the Israelites out of captivity. And he said to God, who am I? And God said back to him, I will be with you. I will be with you. So as he's saying, stand firm. It's not just words. It's out of this fullness of understanding that God was about to do the impossible. God is with us and he is for us and we are never alone. And it's in the moment we find ourselves between the wave and a rock when we see the fruit of our daily habits that we're developing, these rhythms of faith in our life and the promises of God come firing across our mind. Thoughts like he who began a good work in you is going to, to uh, carry it to completion or God is preparing good works in advance or all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. How about I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All these promises come welling up to us when we're in that same moment. But not only should we embrace the promises of God, we need to embrace the pain if we will stand our ground. What have you come to teach me? 2 Corinthians 1 is one of those passages that I reflect on a lot with people who are going through a hard time. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Catch this. Verse 4 He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffered. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives you, gives us. Endurance is the ability to stand, to stand firm, to stand your ground. If we don't kiss the wave of our trouble, if we don't learn the lessons being taught us from our pain, then it will be Possible to embrace the full comfort, right? And when we hide from our troubles, we miss the blessing of learning these lessons so we can pass them on. God needs us to to pass them on. So much comfort, so much salvation. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the ability to stand, right? We have a calling to, to face the pain so that we can extend the comfort he's gonna give us. Thought three, hold your peace or stay calm. Right, there's an ancient tradition practiced in Orthodox churches called Pass the Peace, and you thought Russell Wilson came up with it, right? Uh, Pass the Peace, it's actually traces back to the Sermon on the Mount. And if you're offering a gift, realize and you realize you're at odds with someone, go and reconcile to that person is the challenge. I kid you not. Um, after preparing this message, uh, with the thought all prepared here, completed, I got a message on Facebook Messenger from someone who visited a youth service in 2008. 2008. And was they're reading through Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, and they remember an offense they caused in a youth service and sent me a message asking for forgiveness. <sighs> it's like, <laughs> what? You know, this came out of nowhere. And it was this 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 person was wanting to reacquire peace in this area, had contemplating sending sending that message a half a dozen times over the course of years, and they just finally stepped out and did it. What does that do? It interrupts the pattern of regret in our life. It interrupts the, the, the polarization that is possible through an offense. And you know what that cures? It cures unforgiveness. It cures racial tensions. It cures political divides. It interrupts the pattern before it breaks us down. So how? You love your enemies. You pray for those who persecute you. You bless those who curse you. You pass the peace. Why? Because you are a peacemaker. Not a popular place to be today. Not a person, not a popular person in the room necessarily when everybody's saying pick a side and the peacemakers in the middle saying, "No, let's interrupt this. Let's interrupt this moment. Let's pass the peace." Let's be honest. A lot of people lost their peace over the course of the last 12 months. A third of Americans right now are struggling struggling with anxiety and depression. James 3.18 says, those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. God has a great harvest for us. He did not prune us purposelessly. A harvest is ahead. We are empowered through our relationship with Jesus to be the peacemakers in the world around us, carriers of the peace, so desperately sought after. Let's be those who can shift the atmosphere just as this guy who sent me a message this week. How powerful. Our action thought is kiss the wave. Kiss your wave. (laughs) Now I know this. This uh, weekend, some of you are kissing the wave in your own regard. You're between the rock and a hard spot, and we want to pray with you, for you. In fact, can I just challenge you to do something as you watch this right now? If you're at the, or at the computer or on your phone, would you just comment what's going on in your world? What wave are you facing? What fear are you going to face? What promise are you standing on? What, what wave do you need to kiss? Because we want to pray with you. Well, why share that? Why put it out there? Revelation 12, 11 says, they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb. Speaking of the enemies, strategies, right? They've defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. They did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. The word of our testimony, whether it's what we're going through, I'm I'm going through this, I'm going to put this word out there, or whether it's I've gone through this by standing on this truth, put it out there and watch us relate to people. Confession is good for the soul. Whatever you don't confess, you end up to repress, right? And whatever you repress eventually resurfaces in ways that are unhealthy, unholy, and often an inopportune times. Mark Batterson says, the enemy wants you to keep it a secret because then it paralyzes us. But as you begin to verbalize those things, sometimes it helps those who can't see the presence of God and feel they are not alone. Your story relates to theirs and they are comforted because they are not alone. There's only one you. (laughs) There's no relief pitcher, There's no relief you, there's no second version. Your story is unique. The comforts you've been given from God are unique. Your story needs to be shared. Your life needs to be lived. Well, Nashon took the first step and it gave the rest of those Israelites the courage to follow him. And all of them experienced a miracle. Why? Because one person had the courage to go first. I love what happens next. If you read on, Moses uh, is told by the Lord, he says, The Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? And I think some of us have a tendency to ask God to do for us what God is asking us to do for, for him. And God says, Tell the Israelites to go forward. And that's where Nishan steps into the story there. I don't know what what step of faith you're you're facing, you need to take. But I do know that the first step is going to be the hardest. I just want to encourage you. You're being prayed for. You're not alone in that step. Overcome the fear. Exercise your faith. If you need marriage counseling, ask for it. It's a hard wave to go after, but go after it, right? But you know, it, it could save your marriage. If you want to lose weight, it's hard to wade into the waters, especially uh, if you've waded in a time or two, but you're not going to resolve it by just standing on the shore. Uh, if it's resolving conflict or 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 training for a marathon or writing a book or whatever is ahead of you, step out that you're sensing God nudging you. Step out because if you want God to do the super You need to do the natural. If you want God to make a sidewalk through the sea, you've got to wade into the water and you have to kiss the wave. Sometimes God delivers us from suffering. More often than not, he delivers us through it. I wanna close with this prayer. Now, I don't usually read prayers. I don't know, it's just not something I've done a lot of in my faith walk. But this is a kiss the wave type prayer, the serenity prayer that uh, was penned by Reinhold Niebuhr, I think is how you pronounce it. Dana last week was like, why don't you ever look up the names before? Believe it or not, I looked that one up and I don't remember how to pronounce it. But anyway, this is the serenity prayer, which will sound familiar to you. And this is the most frequently shared version. There's a lot of different versions out there, but I'm going to read the whole thing. It says, God, give me grace to accept the serenity that the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things which should be changed, and the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. God, I thank you for that prayer penned so long ago. And it's encouraged so many through recovery. But God, I pray right now for open life. I pray for those who are online and stumbled right into this service and they're finding themselves against a wave May they learn how to kiss the wave and fall at your feet and trust that you will never leave them and you'll get them through this. You'll teach them lessons through this. May we come out on the other side of our waves stronger. May we face the pain. May we face the suffering and find the lessons in it. God, I thank you for the courage you give us that we would discover that the obstacles are the way in our life. And we give you praise for the strength to go through them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we can't wait to see you next week as we continue to unpack these habits. Be blessed. See you later.